Hello and welcome to episode 149 of the Rallo and Slappy Show. Today is June 17th, 2019. I am Rallo McFlugel and with me is Slappy Jones 2 and we are both from McFlugel.com. Show notes page for this episode is McFlugel.com uh, slash 149 where you'll be able to find some links to the things we talk about as well as checking out our sponsors such as LibertyMugs.com and also 10HoursOfBitcoin.com where you can claim a $500 reward payable in Bitcoin if you help us out and put together a, uh, a little uh, wiki thing for us. So check out 10HoursOfBitcoin.com. Talk to me for uh, questions and, and get your help set up with that if you're interested in that. Uh, before we get started, Slappy, uh, yesterday was Father's Day, so happy Father's Day. Oh, thank you. Hope you thank had a good you. day. Did you get, did you get a, a tie as a gift? No. No. My, um, they'll be coming. My kids aren't old enough to go out and get, get me a gift, and so I'm sure I'll get plenty when they're able to. Okay. I did get a uh, subscription to – XM radio. So I get to listen ah. to the Beatles all day in the car. There you go. Yeah. So uh, that was a good father's day for me. Plus yeah. I got to watch golf. What else happened this weekend? Jesse Hart won, uh, moving up the light heavyweight Philly guy mm. beat Sullivan Barrera. Nice. Nice win for him. Sloppy fight, but he got the W. So yeah, it's a good weekend. There you go. Um, I got a, a, a nice, Nice uh, Father's Day gift from Grom because I guess I have to call myself a. Oh, you're one of those cat, guys. Huh? A cat dad. Cat yeah, dad. girl. Girls call themselves dog mom, so I'm gonna call yeah. myself a cat dad. Yeah. What'd you get? A full litter box. <laughs> Basically. Nice. A lot of fur. Just pulled catch out any of mice this. for you or anything? I don't like that? have birds. I, mice. There have, there have not been any mice in my house, which is kind of surprising. There's, I've seen mice outside and everything else. Um. I would like him to go kill the groundhog that destroys my garden and all the deer, but uh, I don't let him outside. Yeah, uh, I keep my cat inside too. Too much, too much treachery outside for, for well. a cat that is uh was not allowed outside before I got him. So, did I ever talk about my foxes on 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 the show? Uh, I don't know. You've told me, I mean, but they left. Oh, really? I had a whole family. I haven't seen them in a, in me. I don't know a couple of weeks, but they, it was fun. It's fun watching them grow up. It was hard to see them go, but you know you yeah. gotta let them let them go. Absolutely. Do they do they like eat all of your neighbor's chickens and chickens are still there? Yeah. Um, maybe my neighbor got the foxes. I don't know. He didn't tell me, but the foxes are no longer in my backyard. He's gonna be wearing like fox pelts, <laughs> walk around yeah. like, oh, those look nice. Where'd you get them? Like, ah. I'll tell you, these foxes were beautiful animals with these like bright red coats. It was pretty yeah. cool. It's I've pretty got cool a, to see them. I've got a fox near me and he is old and mangy and like gray yeah great is it is it a red fox do you know, yeah, I know I there's, there's gray foxes around i don't know if they're officially I think, called you know, i think foxes. he's i think he's a red fox but yeah. just uh old and and just has seen maybe maybe he is a gray fox he's a gray fox is bigger i don't know i don't i don't even know if gray because I've, I've i've never seen gray foxes otherwise okay here, so i don't know Someone, someone will probably comment. Yeah. Like, do you crave foxes live in Russia? No. Well, I yeah, I'm not going to pretend to be a fox expert here, but I did do a lot of research, and when I had a family in my backyard, because the mom, and I don't know if it's a big brother or dad or who, but there was two red foxes, 
and their babies had like gray coats. But as they got older, started seeing the red. It was pretty cool. Right. Um, anyway, today's episode. Should we get into it? Yeah, let's get into it. Might as right. well. So we're going to talk about uh, what is he? Pastor, officer. He's both. Um, yeah, officer slash pastor Grayson Fritz down in Knoxville, Tennessee. Is that right? Knox Knox County Knox, or Knoxville? Yeah, Knoxville County. Knoxville County, Tennessee. Isn't that where Kane is? Yes. Cool. So anyway, Grayson Fritz was up at the pulpit uh, giving a sermon that kind of what made its rounds online a little bit. Now this put it out there. And uh, he was saying, essentially, that the government should put murderers, rapists, kidnappers, adulterers, sodomites to death. Um, and he was very emphatic about it. And he kept uh, referencing Leviticus 20, 13 and uh, said that the, I guess, I mean, he was saying the government should adopt Leviticus as its laws. If I, if I heard him correctly, is that yeah, right? Basically he was, yeah. And, and he was just so it's clear. I mean, he was really thumping on oh he was uh, animated man he was angry he was going especially on the fact that it should be applied to gay people yeah uh, for, yeah that was his emphasis yeah um for sure it's funny because a lot of times you hear stuff you hear stories like oh someone's being uh, homophobic or whatever anti-gay and really calling for violence he goes oh okay, okay let's hear what he actually says it's probably not that bad and you listen to this and you're like oh man this is this is bad yeah, this no, this guy, yeah, he was over the top quite a bit. Now, one thing where I guess, you know, uh, tongue in cheek should give him credit is he said not Christians. Um, you know, he, he wants God to punish them. And, and so what he said was, you know, not Christians, not you, unless you're a policeman. Um, and yeah. And, and then yeah. kind of got a, a chuckle from the audience because guess what? He's a policeman, too. Yeah, so he kind of played his hand on who his God is, uh, that he thinks the police should put gays to death or adulterers kidnappers well in fairness to him because this is kind of where i mean we're going to talk about this a little bit i think but he was saying like i don't think he was claiming that he was going to go out or thought the cops should go out and just start he actually did emphasize this point too i'm yeah. sorry to cut you off but it's i think it's important to note i guess yeah that he's <laughs> he's not suggesting that he was going to go out and start shooting gay people it was that it, it, like any other crime if if I think he said something like this, that if you're, you know, you get arrested and then after, I think he even said this after a fair trial, he if, did found, say that. if you're found guilty of homosexuality, then you get put to death. Yeah. Death penalty. He said a judge can do it. Um, and I, I guess so. He wants the laws to change. And um, until the law of the United States changes, I guess he's not going to. Um I don't think he has. I think we would have heard about it. Yeah. So there, there was follow up to this, obviously, and uh, you know the media questioned him on it, and he had opportunities to to explain it. And we'll, I'll try to remember to link this in the show notes page. But he kind of was uh, interviewed. I don't know if it was outside his house or something with a lot of the press there, and he he explained it like this. He said, "Look, if I worked at Burger King." And a gay guy walked into the to the restaurant and ordered the hamburger. It's like, I'm going to make him a hamburger and give it to him. He's like, I'm not going to do anything and mess it up. I'm going to my job. I got to do my job. I have a job. That's, to do. that's what he said. It's like, my job is to make hamburgers and I don't care. Like, my job is not to 
care about if you're gay or straight or not. Um, and he's like, that's kind of what I'm doing with this, with the police. It's like, you know, I'm not saying people should go out and be vigilantes. He did explicitly say that too in his sermon. I mean, not in any way to defend this guy, but he did say that, like, not you, you should not be doing this. Right. Which is funny. Yes. Um, because he said, he's like, I don't think that people should do, your average person should do this. I think the government should do it. So <laughs> it's, which if you're not already, if you haven't seen this, go check it out. And, you, you know, if you're anything like us, you'll probably be thinking of the obvious implications of his ideas. Yeah. But it, it's, it's funny that like he is the perfect little State. government stooge. Little, exactly that he and 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 it's funny too because he kept trying to defend himself by being like i'm just preaching the bible and you know there's there's a lot of other pastors out there and a lot of people that are too afraid to be saying what i'm saying but i'm gonna go i'm gonna go out and preach what uh what he thinks the bible teaches and uh but the, the great irony here is that he's calling himself like such a you know firm defender of god in the bible i guess but then he's deferring to government because he's he hasn't gone out and done anything like this as far as I'm aware. And he says or, he wouldn't. Right. And, you know, I saw this. The, they had the little thing in the one article I saw because I'm sure they went through and tried to find any record of his his uh, police work as they could. Um, and like the worst thing I saw was apparently he he has fired two shots in his career and both missed. Um, if he were shooting gay people because they were gay, then, then we would know about it. Mm -hmm. But like he, he's clearly as far as all the information we have, and there's been, you know, almost a week or so, maybe four, four to seven days that this is, this has been out there. The media has had time to, you know, dig through this and they always, always pull something up. So if they have not been able to pull up any dirt on him, I would imagine that he, uh, as far as uh, what normal society, normal polite society would call a good cop, um, he probably fits that description. So it's just, it's really, really ironic to me that he's talking such a big game about like what it is to be a uh, follower of God and the Bible, but then he just defers to what the government says to do. And he's like, like if you're saying that someone does something, that the punishment should be death. But then you turn around and say, like, well, if my boss tells me not to not to worry about it, then you know what? I'm not going to worry about it. Like, what in the world? Like, what, what? This this is the guy that would have been the slave catcher. This yeah, this guy would have been uh, taken. Taking people off the trains and at Auschwitz. Yeah, and it, and it would have been like, I, you know, well, I'm, I'm just, against it. I don't think it's right, but I have a job to do, and I, you know, it's my uh, job. I signed up for it. Yeah, and so it's like this. It's this. Uh, it's so weird because it's. I and I don't know if that kind of also. I I don't know. I don't know what to think about this guy because I I clearly don't know him. Right. Um. But is he just is he using that as an excuse because he doesn't actually want to go through with this kind of stuff, or is is he just that like is he that much of a worshiper of the state that 
that he doesn't even realize what he's very, doing? Very good question. Because it is easy. It's easy to, because he knows it. He knows that what he's saying is, is unpopular. Um, so it's very easy to kind of like talk that talk and be like, well, you know, there's not much that we can do right now. It's, it's you know, we got to have the government because didn't he bring up the something, one of the, something from the Bible or it's like God ordained the uh, civil governments to enact his rule or something. Uh, I think he made some sort of reference have. to that. And so it's like, it, it's a very convenient cop out to be like, well, I believe this and we should do it. But yeah. You know, it's it's actually even though that God's telling me to do X, Y, Z, um, and it's very clear that that's what God wants. The people that God has in charge of me, I think, are saying the opposite of don't do X, Y, Z. So I guess I should follow that. Like, if if that's if that's kind of the a contradiction that you're presented with through your belief system, then like you should really. Um, rethink it because god is saying that the truth is to opposing ideas which can't be correct right um not to mention i mean he is a christian he says that uh several times how does he answer for christ ignoring these laws in the in the new testament well, I mean, did did Jesus ignore him? I mean, I'm pretty sure that when they had the the prostitute, the adulterer wasn't said, dead. What does Leviticus say? He who reads Leviticus shall throw the first stone. Yeah, well, I mean, they were they were ready to stone this woman to death, and Jesus ran up and and grabbed some rocks and started, was the first one to throw them at her. Yeah, he's like, no, the Leviticus says this; you must do it. He also said when like your your brother is sinning that you should um grab a big pair of pliers to pull the plank out of his yeah, eye. Out of his eye, yeah. And then uh, yeah, like all sorts of stuff like that is is all is plastered all throughout the Bible. Um so I mean Lo- love your neighbor as yourself unless he violates Leviticus. Unless, unless he's gay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was i think the quote um and and that's not to like i I don't want people to think that we're saying that like you know certain religions because we're both catholic and and we have our our moral views on sexuality that that i agree with the church on and so we're not saying we're not trying to say like oh no that there's no uh no religious moral implications for for homosexuality but like the clear response is not to like commit violence against them. I mean, I mean, you're Thou violating not much- kill is pretty clear. Yeah. And I, I think it's, um, I think two guys being together is, uh, I think it would be much worse to kill someone than to have two guys, you know, doing whatever they're doing together. Like that, <laughs> that shouldn't be that like, Whoa, really? Right. So, um, you know, and the Catholic Church teaches, and, and, and I know a lot of other religions, too, do this, where it's, it's, it's love the sin or hate the sin. And, I mean, I know people get a little bit uncomfortable with, um, with bringing this up, that saying, like, you know, you might disagree with, with homosexuality, but it's like, that's, that's why cherry pick that? There's plenty of other uh, behavior that is considered sinful that uh, you shouldn't 
approve of that behavior, but it's not like if, if you were, um, using your religion's moral teachings to, uh, be the reference as to whether you were going to interact with other people and whether or not you should hate them. Well, then you're probably going to hate like literally everyone in the world, probably yourself included because no one, no one's perfect with this stuff. So, um, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with having, uh, strong convictions for, for morality, but, uh, you know, have some compassion and then, and see the humanity in in your fellow man. And I mean, I think it's pretty easy not to be like this guy at least because this hasn't been really making the rounds that much. No. And I wonder why that is. Maybe it's just because he is like, he comes, he really does come across as a like unhinged. No one, no one is going to defend that. No one's going to defend the guy. There was a couple amens you heard from the, heard from the crowd. It sounded like one guy. So oh, that's what I was going to say. Like when I say a couple, I mean a couple. And who knows how big this this I mean, he might have been is. talking to two people. We have no idea. He couldn't see. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm I'm only familiar with my experiences in church, and you know, there's different sized. I I know when I was in, I went to mass in uh at during Childerberg in Texas, and I found a, a you know church nearby, and I don't know how big knoxville county is and how dense the population is and i'm it's got knoxville in it right but but i don't know how a lot of places you have the city and then you're in the sticks as soon as you go out of the city um the church i was in uh at childerberg was was like shockingly small Hmm. um so and i even i know even up here like catholic churches there's a lot more catholicism up here i would say uh, or a lot more Catholics. So the Catholic churches tend to be, you know, not tiny. But I've been in and around like other Christian, especially non-denominational churches, and they're not necessarily that big. So I don't think we have to worry about there's like um, these hordes of whatever religion <laughs> this guy is being like, we're trying to pass laws to kill gay people. Because- yeah, it was actually, pre- I mean, it was pretty absurd. Like, yeah, that's why I don't think it's getting a, attention. It was just really absurd. Yeah, because I mean, the media likes to to pull, uh, but only if it's going to get some chat. Like, no one's going to be like, "Well, this is what Christians think," right? Because you always hear like throughout any of these, like even the, the people that the, the left uh, ascribes as the most like hate hateful homophobic people. Like the dude that uh, didn't want to bake the gay wedding cake, which apparently they um they were going after him again recently for what? Some, uh, someone same deal. Well, someone wanted him to make like a pink cake with blue icing, and he was and he was like, okay, yeah. And then they said it's for my uh, uh, sex change celebration, and he's like, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to bake that cake. But he was like willing to do it, just like, oh, God, you just pick me. And then they like told him, like, it was more entrapment again. Yeah. And that guy is another guy, that poor guy. He's just like a baker, just like, hey, I don't want to participate in your thing. You could do it. Just don't don't ask me to be involved. And they make him out to be the, uh, you know, the insane, hateful guy. And of course, because he's not, people that uh, 
are kind of on his side are going to really take up, uh, um, you know, go to defend him pretty strongly. Sure. And then you got the people on the other side that, that want to make up, you know, horror stories about this kind of stuff. And so they'll, they'll push back, but uh, yeah, like I, I, I agree with you. There's, there's no way anyone was going to look at this and be like, Oh yeah, this is what yeah normal people think. I mean, if it was something like, there's still a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of Christians in this country. No one's going to buy that. If it was something like, I don't know, LDS or a smaller religion that, that people aren't as familiar with, maybe they could have brought it up. Right. But even then, it, I don't know. I, I don't think this had legs. No. He, the guy was unhinged. He was, I, I can't believe there's people in his congregation, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, like I said, I only heard one guy saying amen. So he might have been preaching to, to, to one other guy. Yeah. But uh, I mean, anyway, I mean, we live in society where like gay people seem pretty well more comfortable than in the past to come out and be explicitly gay. So if it really were that dangerous, then I think you would they have wouldn't be doing that. Right. I think it's pretty natural. Um if, if the more threatened you feel or more unsafe you would feel if you were out of the closet, I think you would have less instances of it. Right. Uh, so, um, I don't know what, it, uh, what else, what else? Do you, so do you think, um, this was something I, I said earlier when we were talking about doing this for an episode, but do you think it would have had any reaction if, uh, it was if he was saying put drug dealers to death. Uh, I mean, it would to me. Yeah, well, I'm I'm trying to because I wasn't thinking about the uh, when you said that earlier about um that like no one would think this guy is anything but crazy now, but it's more it's actually more acceptable to uh, to say you should execute drug dealers. Yeah. I mean, there's actually law, some laws that they're trying to get put on the books. I've, did Canada do that or something? Try to do that? I don't know. That's crazy. But there was some place that they were trying to put it on the books that you could you could be executed for uh, for selling drugs. I think it, it, it was more if you uh, if your drugs caused someone to die, huh? Um, then you would. Then be, you're an accessory to murder or something, or you you would not, you would be the murderer. You're actually the murderer. Yeah. Huh. What if you sold someone like, I don't know, 10 pills and you're supposed to take one at a time, but he took all 10? Yeah, I think they would be like, no, nah, you're, you're the murderer. You sold it to him. Yeah. Does that so go for that doctors, to pharmacists as well? Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't think so. Or does it apply to the uh, the state store that sells uh, liquor? Liquor, yeah. If you drive, drive your car, do you go to prison? Yeah, you put all the government in prison because they... Uh, Someone did something bad after drinking alcohol they bought at their store. All right. No, I mean that's a good question. I think people would. Uh, I think it might. It might have been a bigger story. Ironically, like I, I've heard people even you know, as the war on drugs is clearly a failure by any measure you want to come up with, it is a total failure. You'll hear start to hear people, especially boomer types, say things like. Um, you know, because you could be like, yeah, well, your grandson, you know, well, you think you should throw him in prison? Well, no, not him, but the the SOB who sold him the stuff should. Yeah. 
We just need to have harsher pen. I I, I yeah. love those people. We just need to have really harsh penalties. Don't so that- don't don't punish the user. Punish the dealer. Yeah. Um, which I've heard that before from a couple times. Uh, which I I don't know where that line of thinking comes from. Uh, yeah, probably either. because they know drug users and don't want to throw their drug users in prison. Yeah, and I think too that just like the drug dealer has this uh, sort of stigma about he's, him. That, he's the bad guy know, with the gun, and the, yeah, he's got guns and he's got the trench coat and you know dark alleys. He's the one who sold it. Like, like you know, the user didn't willingly buy it; it was forced on him. Right. Yeah. Uh, punish, you know, yeah, punish the car dealer, not the car driver. Exactly. So, so anyway, you got anything to add on Fritzy? Not really. Just it was kind of a, a, an interesting glimpse into the mind of someone like that. That, that he's you know, just totally owned by the state. Yeah, because it was funny. Before I, I read the follow-up stuff, I originally wanted to take it as like, man, this, this is like really – this is kind of the dangerous guy who's the cop that, you know – under normal circumstances, if you just had a random person say stuff like this, it's like, all right, well, he's kind of an idiot, but he's just like screaming into into the void without any actual power to do this. And it's like, well, no way. This guy's a cop. Right. This guy's the guy walking the streets with the gun who can frame a gay guy some way in order to get him a situation where he can, you know, arrest him or just flat out kill him or hurt but him. That, otherwise. that is the, another point. Like, y- you know, with um, yeah, what about the gay people in Knoxville? How would they feel with him being a cop? Right. I mean, even not, though even, he's yeah. probably like you're saying, like just Mister State Man. Hold if the state tells him to jump off a bridge, he'll go do it. Yeah. Um, and so he won't enforce a bad law, and who knows what his deal is? But even if that is the way he is, and even if he has a clean cop record and he's as, as you would, as you said earlier, a, a quote, good cop, um, would you feel comfortable having him around? No, you're, you're a taxpayer. Not. Would you want to call him? No. And that's where like for, for gay people who live around him, like, I, they're absolutely justified in feeling uh, very uncomfortable yeah, by right. him, uh, by him being around and, and walking around carrying a badge and, and having the uh, the strong arm of the law behind him and and through the barrel's gun, I mean that's a terrible situation to have. And and you know we always like to try to come up with you know how would the market handle this problem that we're having with the state, and it would just be like I would get fired immediately. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, uh, you, whether these um, the the gay people in Knoxville like them or not, they still got to pay for them. Now, I don't know if he was he fired or did he step down or anything or uh, I think he was on he was on some sort of leave already I think he was already on leave for something I don't know if it was like personal or, or what but I think he's don't quote me on it but I think he might be suspended now pending an investigation but that's another thing like you know your coworkers generally what they think about certain things especially when they're like really passionate like I can go around and talk about like my coworkers what their main passions are, whether it's like motorcycles or, mm-hmm. um, you know, some sort of sport or something. I have a hard time believing that, uh, the other people in his precinct or department or whatever 
didn't know that this guy really, really hated gays. Like, um, yeah, I, 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 it has I mean, to unless out. it's like he's totally different when he's not. I mean, he gets in there. That's like his spot with like, you know, like a locker room, as they talk about in sports. When you're in the locker room, you say, you know, what we say here, what we see here stays here when we leave here. That kind of attitude. And then you go out in front of the press, you go out in front of the people you're on the field. You're, you're not going to say the same things you say when you're in your little closed space. But he was recording this and somehow got out. I mean, it's not a grainy video. It was he obviously recorded it. And two, he's talking about how he's, uh, you know, wants to have the courage to to preach what he believes in. So I don't think, you know, I don't think you hide that under that uh, <laughs> that bushel basket when you're you're doing your day to day. But you know what? He said that his religion or whatever takes a backseat to the state anyway. Right. Like he's preaching these things and then saying, but don't do it. Yeah. So I, what, what I'm saying is that he's, he's like, I'm not saying that, I don't know. It's, up to that. it's, it's all, I mean, we're, we're, we're guessing. It's all guessing anyway. Um, but I'm just saying like, would I, I put it this way? I have a feeling his coworkers knew exactly what he thought, right. but I could see where it's like, you know, I mean, my coworkers know at least loosely my, mm-hmm ideas yeah i was gonna say I, I know i know exactly what he thinks because i'm sitting in his congregation pew every every sunday well those yeah <laughs> yeah how did you know you there was only one guy saying yes <laughs> and amen uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah you accidentally let that recording out yeah no i'm sure that his co-workers knew or at least had an idea right a strong idea um, but all my coworkers don't know I host a podcast. Yeah, mine mine really don't know either. I think a couple might, but uh, yeah, a couple of mine do. But um, and I don't hide my views, but I also don't talk about them as much as I do when I'm sitting with you or you know having a cigar and talking about these ideas. Right. Right. I don't know what that has to do with anything. The guy clearly came across as an a-hole and uh, seemed unhinged, and I wouldn't want him serving my community. No, me neither. So I guess that's the point. Yep. So you got a free market story? Uh, normally, like I figured that, uh, well, yeah, I'll, I'll tell it. Okay. Um, it was the uh, last week. When we recorded our uh, our episode, I was in a hotel room in Colleen, Texas, because my flight got canceled for that night, and was um, I went to uh, the next day. I went to the airport to catch my the flight that they rescheduled me for, and as I got there, I got an email from the airline saying that my flight from Dallas to Philadelphia was canceled. I was taking the from Colleen to Dallas, and so. Um, they, uh, <laughs> I went up to the, the, the person at the computer and they're looking for new different flights and everything was either canceled. Basically, Colleen only flies to Dallas pretty much. It's a little rinky dink airport. It's really small. And, uh, so everything in basically the entire state of Texas flying to Philadelphia was either canceled or already booked until like three o'clock the next day. So I was originally supposed to fly out Sunday evening, and now I was flying out late Tuesday afternoon. 
Um, so I went back, sat down, pulled my uh, laptop out and started looking for other flights and f- found the flight out of St. Louis the next morning. Which is right around the corner. Yeah, totally right around the corner. So I went up and I went to the booth and said, uh, hey, uh, there's this flight in St. Louis. Can you book me for that? And uh, actually, I, I I wasn't paying for this uh, flight because I was using my brother's airline miles. So this also was a... Uh, Kind of an, an interesting little tidbit, um, but they uh, they said they looked at me crazy. Said like, "Well, you got to get there, right?" And I said, "Yeah, I'll, I'll get there." And they said, oh, "Okay." Um, and so they changed the flight for me uh, without any additional cost. And it was uh, at five fifty a.m. This flight was supposed to leave out of St. Louis, and um, I had previously called the airlines to try to change the flight. But there was like apparently all over the place they were having issues. So it was like an hour and 15 minutes at least to wait. So they just said, hey, press one and we'll call you up when you get an operator. So I just, you know, saw that the line at the airport was short. So I just went up there and talked to him. So right after I got that flight changed, I walked the couple hundred feet over to the rental car places and uh, went to, I think, my third or fourth booth before someone had something available. And they said, uh, we only have SUVs. So I said, okay, I'll do that. Um, really wanted the uh, the tractor from... Uh, Might not have got you there all the time. Though. Yeah, but, you know, next time. Would have been stylish, though. Oh, yeah. So I left the, that airport with my uh, shiny rent, uh, SUV rent-a-car and drove from Colleen to, to St. Louis... And, uh, in the mean, during that trip, I was starting to get worried because I left there around like one and it was a 12 and a half hour drive, according to Google maps for uh, 800 miles. So I was getting nervous at like, all right, what, what if I hit a lot of traffic? What if I get sleepy? It's going to be tough for yeah, me. To you know that, you know, that 2am traffic in the middle of Arkansas, it's brutal. Yeah. Well, I was more concerned. I discovered the uh, beautiful traffic in Dallas. Oh, I bet that was good. Because I was driving through Dallas and through rush hour, basically. And I was also just concerned about, like, I've got at least 12 to 14 hours of driving, (laughs) um, or at least in my car with, you know, stopping to get gas and eating and drink, Mm. taking naps and everything. So they, uh, the airline did end up calling me back while I was driving. And uh, I'd known that there was a uh, an 8.50 a.m. flight, too. So I asked to change it to that. And they said, no problem. And they did it. And so they changed my flight. Um, let's see. One, two. I think it was like five, four or five times it was changed. Um, at all, all at no uh, additional cost to me. They were willing to just like, if there was an open seat, uh, just kind of rebook it. Even though we we're like kind of changing what nope. I was doing why would you have been willing to pay to get your flight changed oh um because i wanted to get home i valued getting home and not being stuck in a uh military town uh not it has nothing to me being not wanting to be stuck in colleen it being a military town had nothing to do with it being like the military and having any sort of ideological principles over well, it we just lost the biting the bullet people yeah well too bad <laughs> But uh, no, it's this is a a, conse- a, a practical consequence of, of having a military town is that those towns that are right next to bases, like no one's going to, you know, put roots 
down in there. So it is just like the most boring town in the world. So I was ready to just like, if I was in like a, an interesting city, then we'd be like, all right, well, I can, I can explore and everything and, and kind of have fun. But this was like, uh, this is, this is brutal. So, um, well, even though I didn't, uh, get charged more for an airline ticket, I did have to pay for the rental car and everything. And it was not, not uh, yeah, not where, expensive. So where I was going with that is, you know, critics of capitalism say all you are is dollar signs. Well, they could have made dollar signs if you'd be willing to pay even just 30 bucks. Oh yeah. So there had to be some other motivation than, I mean, obviously ultimately it's dollars. They probably think if you buy your next flight from them or if they give you a good experience, you'll continue to buy mm -hmm. from them. But the point is they had a chance to make money, even if it was just a little bit. Sure. Um, oh yeah. Cause you add that up. I mean, just like you said, $30, it might not be a lot in that one instance, but you think about how many people, ha how many times people have to change their flights. Yeah, and, and it, 30 bucks, and depending on who you are and your situation, but you may not even, like, that might not even give you a bad taste. You might be like, thank God it's only 30 bucks to change the flight. Right. Uh, it's still 30 bucks to them. And like you said, multiply that by whoever's changing flights. Um, but I guess they see more value out of doing it for free to keep you happy. You're already stressed and unhappy that your flight got canceled or changed or whatever the case was. So, yeah that's the market at work. Yeah, it all worked out. I don't know that I made the best decision because <laughs> I got to the, about the point where it was too late to turn back. And I was like, what, what am I doing? This is brutal. <laughs> yeah, that's not an easy ride, man. No, it uh, like Texas was interesting. And even Oklahoma, I drove through like the eastern uh, portion of Oklahoma. There's a lot of water, some mountains. It was actually it was pretty nice. And then once I got onto uh i-44 in uh in missouri and drove across the state on that it was dark out mm -hmm. i didn't see i couldn't see anything other than a couple deer on the side of the road which made for uh <laughs> a little more high alertness but uh yeah i once drove from north indiana down to houston um oh yeah that's a similar drive yeah not an easy drive we stopped and actually made a detour to stop in st louis to catch a baseball game in the middle of oh, nice um but not an easy drive. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially when you're just not seeing anything and on a highway with just a bunch of trucks. I, you know what? I actually was thinking about. Um, uh, oh, why am I blanking on his name? We just had him on the podcast. Our trucker friend. I feel like such a jerk for Quincy. Yeah, Quincy. I was. I, I couldn't think of his. Uh, his. His old Twitter name. Well, he, yeah, I could BBW. only, I was thinking about like, I'm not going to call him by his new Twitter name. So like That's, Quincy loves BBWs or something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. But Quincy, something Quincy, I was thinking way. about Quincy. Cause it's like, man, cause it was just like me and a bunch of trucks driving around. So I'm like, I wonder if one of these is Quincy, but like, yeah, some, I, uh, Twitter. Yeah. Well, Twitter I was drama. being, I was being a safe driver. There you go. But I also want to say, I want to like, you know, we talked about Childerberg a little bit last week, but you know, I, I was talking to some of the people from from Childerberg and um, very appreciative of of people offering you know help, um, even like to crash at their places. They they were offering, um, you know, so it's shows the the quality of of people that were down there. So of the cult members, yeah, <laughs> yeah, get some uh, 
Oh. What's that? Did you get that buzzing? Uh, you know. Uh, okay. Maybe it's just on my end. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. But no, it was, it was, you know, appreciate some of the people uh, reaching out and, and offering help. Um, so uh, that's that's all I had. Uh, again, mcflugel.com slash 149. We'll link to the uh, the video of uh, Grayson Fritz and as well as some of the follow-up stuff. And uh, also, uh, whatever uh, podcast you're listening to on this, if you don't mind, leave us a review and a rating. Uh, and if you're not subscribed, uh, subscribe to us. If you like what we're doing, all those subscriptions and likes and ratings really help us out to get our, our, our reach out there. So uh, we appreciate all the listeners and appreciate anything that you can do to help us out. Help us help you. So thanks for listening. And a happy belated Father's Day to all the dads out there. And we will catch you next week. Peace.